Happy Friday, beautiful people. Welcome to Love Babs Love Talk. I'm Babs Rawls Ivy. I'm eating a little bit of fruit. Well, it's a lot of fruit. It's Friday. It is Friday. We all made it. We're all standing. We're all happy. Good morning. And I hope you are well. I am well. It's been a good week. It's been a good week. We've had indictment day. Um, <laughs> uh, the, 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 the guy who walked into the synagogue and killed all the folks in there um, got sentenced to the death penalty, I believe. I think he got the death penalty. Well, he's found guilty anyway. And they uh, like seeking the death penalty. And, uh, oh, what a mess. Um, yeah, that and uh, there was something else in the news that was that had my interest too. Um, let me go back and take a little look. You know, yesterday I was on, a, I was just in a, in a, I, I had some good things to say yesterday. I think I have some good things to say today. Uh, anyway, at 1015, I've got uh, Susan Clinard and uh, Linda uh, Mickens coming on because they've got a, a exhibition at City Gallery. And if you don't know where City Gallery is, it's on State Street. Um, 994 State Street. So they they have a, a an exhibition called Space Within. Um, and it's a, a summer invitation at City Gallery. So they're going to be there from... To, from August 5th through uh, August 20th. And uh, so the gallery is open um, Saturdays and then Friday through Sunday, 12 to 4. Saturday, uh, so Saturday, their uh, exhibition kicks off at 5 to 7. And then they have an artist talk at 5.30. And then um, Sunday, they're, uh, oh, I'm not live. Okay. Well, we're just recording. So what do you want me to do? I don't know what you want me to do. You want me to just keep going? Okay. Uh, so what do you want to do? You just tell me. And I'll... Uh, I'll sit here and eat my fruit. <laughs> oh, <I'm... laughs> Harry, I think sometimes you just be telling me stuff just to be telling me stuff. So I'm live? I'm live. Oh, I read that wrong. You haven't computed. I read that I'm not live. <laughs> And, uh, and that you were re rebooting and that I am live. <laughs> it's it's Friday. Lord help us. Black Jesus is Friday. Anyway, Susan Clinard, artist, Susan Clinard and uh, Linda Meekins will be my guest at 10.15. I <laughs> see. I have to have two hours for the show because the first hour, I got to like get it together. I got to warm up. And then... Uh, and then the second hour, 
I'm actually doing something. So anyway, don't mind my, I, listen, people, y'all know how I do. The foolishness ensues. And uh, I hope everybody is well. I'm trying to, I'm trying to fix my camera. There we go. Cause I kind of like, I know it's a box. So I, I tend to like to be off centered a little bit, uh, but if I'm not off centered, uh, you know, a little bit and my Parisian background, uh, uh, then, uh, and then my head is like hitting the ceiling, hitting the ceiling here. I gotta go get my hair color because I got like this patch right here. I don't know. Maybe I'll go see Kay today if she's around. Like, Kay, I guess I'll come in and get my hair done. I got some things I gotta do. I got some errands I gotta run today. And, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, what is that? Ugh. Um, I got some things I have to do, so we'll see. And, uh, but the day is untethered, so. It's an untethered kind of day. So what should we talk about, boys and girls? Well, Pee Wee Herman passed away. He was 70, I think. And, uh, I, I was looking at some of his clips that they were showing on the uh, on the news, you know, when he wasn't in Pee Wee Herman character. And I saw him on the, I saw I saw him talking to uh, on one of the late night shows, David Letterman, and he was talking about um, how he became Pee Wee Herman. It was really nice to sort of hear him talk about that. Um, so I thought I'd mention that. Pee Wee Herman. And uh, let's see what else is going on. Uh, don't forget Broken Umbrella. Uh, it's doing their thing. Uh, I think they're doing it. I'm trying to read this. So they're trying to raise $100,000 so they could get a $500,000 grant from the state. And they're because they're trying to build a community hub in a black box theater. Uh, so Saturday, August 12th, um, they have a couple of things going on. Saturday, August 12th, from 8 to 10, they have a I, you know, I joined them. I'm I'm gonna be doing some comedy with them whenever I could get over there and actually rehearse and practice. Uh, but they're doing it at their current site. So uh, you might want to check that out. I don't know if I could get them to come on air and talk about this. You know, they're so funny. I enjoy them so much, you know. Uh, so I like that. Uh, the 2023 Impact Awards are accepting nominations. So if you don't know what the Impact Award the Impact Awards aim to raise awareness and resources to benefit the well-being of children, adults, and families in the communities where we live and work. So uh, you can nominate folks. 
is this? I swear, these play, these things have all these pop-ups. I cannot stand them. Um, every time you click on something, they have a pop-up. And so, you know, you can't just scroll through anymore. Everybody's got stuff. So anyway, um, uh, the Impact Awards, Fox 61 and the United Way of Central and Northeastern Connecticut are joining forces to recognize and honor individuals, groups, and organizations who make a significant contribution to the healthcare, housing, financial empowerment, and education sectors in Connecticut. I think I think WNHH should get this award because we we you know we do this work. I put the inner city in there too because we we uh we do work. So they have a couple of categories: Unsung Hero Award, Impactful Woman Award, Impactful Emerging Leader Award. Impactful Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Award, Community Organization Making an Impact, Company Making an Impact, the George Bahama Bahamande Lifetime Achievement Award. And there you go. And then if you go onto the fox61.com site, you'll see all the criteria for how to nominate and all of that. So thanks for uh, posting that up. So if people are interested in it, uh, let's see what else is going on. You know, it's a uh, it's, uh, mega millions fever. It's the fourth largest uh, jackpot and it gets drawn tonight, mega millions. So it's at, uh, it's over a billion dollars. So if you feel like you could use a billion dollars and, and who couldn't? <laughs> I'm I'm kind of here for it. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna buy a. I'm gonna uh. I'm gonna buy me a couple of tickets. I have to check the tickets that I have, that I bought like the last drawing. You know, I'll be happy with whatever I win, even if I won ten dollars. It'd be like ten dollars I didn't have. Well, I'm here for it. I am here for it. Uh, let me see what else I got going on. Uh, oh, high five to uh, Ms. Tarazi making uh, 10,000 points in her WNBA career. I saw that on the news. That was exciting. I was like, wow, Diana Tarazi. Uh, you know, she's a a, a, a UConn star, uh, but now she plays for I don't know some team. <laughs> don't get me to I don't know my WNBA teams. I really don't know NBA teams because I I long since you know given up on professional sports. I mean I know the popular people. You know what I mean? Like I know, I know the popular people, but that's it. That's all I know. So anyway. Uh, what else can I talk about today? It's Friday and it feels so, you know what it is? It feels very, very uh, leisurely. You know, it doesn't feel like this was a hard week to get through. So you're so grateful to get to Friday. It just feels like, all right, this feels really, this feels really nice. <laughs> oh, newsflash. 
Uh, Cardi B was cleared in the mic throwing battery case. <laughs> so, you know, she was at a concert. She was going to do a concert. She was doing a concert. She was performing. And she was asking people to throw a little water on her. You know, she would point to where you could throw the water, a little bit of water, not like drench her. And I guess some guy out and out threw like in her face. And she, you know, like like any any good sister, she had the mic in her hand and she smacked his ass with the mic. And uh, and I guess he pressed charge. <laughs> but it got resolved. So all all is well. But I mean, I think you have to think twice about doing stuff because there's consequences. I mean, one girl, stop asking people to throw water on your ass. That's number one. And hey, don't throw water so hard or is she going to throw a mic at you? So I'm just saying. And if you're following the World Cup, like uh, the Women's World Cup, like I'm following the World Cup, high five to all the, 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 the countries on the continent. Morocco. Ha, 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 ha. That's a bunch of them that that are uh, uh, that are uh, in in the in in the run for the World Cup and high five to uh, to Jamaica high five to Jamaica who had to uh, crowdfund their their way to the World Cup so uh, I'm I'm very happy for them such such sense of pride. Um, such such sense of pride, such sense of pride. So the Jamaicans, they call it, you know, everybody else in the world calls it football. You know, Westerners, we say, a lot of us, we say, um, soccer. So so they advanced to the to the World Cup, and uh, I hope they win, cause badass. Bad, badass. So I'm very happy. I think they call them the reggae girls. The reggae girls. The reggae girls. So I don't think that after this, I don't think they have any trouble raising any money now. Like, I don't think they'll have any trouble raising any money. Uh, you know what I mean? Because they are hot and they're bringing a lot of shine to Jamaica right now. So I'm just saying, people. So I think this is the standing. France, Jamaica, Brazil, Panama. I think that's the standing. So, uh, so they, so they, they're in a knockout, knockout phrase. So that means they qualify for the World Cup. So there you go. This is pretty, pretty good. So let me, let me give you a rundown of who, uh, who is. Uh, so you could catch the game. Because I, I, I've been catching the games. Because I, I caught, I caught soccer fever during the men's soccer, uh, World Cup run, and I uh, got hooked. So now I'm, uh, I'm hooked. So let me see who's. Let's see. So Morocco and Colombia, Morocco won yesterday. Um, South Korea and Germany tied. Portugal and the United States play, played. Let me just go to the official FIFA site. 
let me see. So August 5th. So tomorrow, Switzerland and Spain play. And then Japan and Norway play. So, so Africa is thriving on the world stage. Four African sides that started out at the FIFA Women's World Cup, Australia and New Zealand 2023, have reached the last 8-16. So from what I understand, and I don't, I don't, I have to go deeper into following this sport because it just seems like you have to go through a whole lot to get to the World Cup. Like you have to really work your butt off. You got to play all over the world and chase this ball. So uh so there's all kinds of routes to the World Cup. And there's a lot of teams. Woo! So so you know they worked to to, you know, they they worked to get to the semifinals. Like it is work, 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 work. You talk about Rihanna. That this should be the whole theme for for the for this. And so uh, uh, I, I'm trying to learn this game because it, it's fascinating to me that the level of uh, the level of athleticism and the hard road to a championship. That's what I, I find uh, uh, fascinating. The hard road, like you have to really be in this thing. You got to be dedicated and committed in ways that I don't know any other sport that's like that because you got to go around the world and play everywhere so it's a lot now you got to beat everybody in your region you got to go beat in other regions to get to wherever so uh and so i i don't i don't know how to read this so round of 16 so you just gotta you just gotta i'm gonna get into this though because i i've been following it a little bit and uh, it's exciting. It's exciting. It's exciting. Uh, I know people are all mad at the the USA team. Former U, former soccer players are mad at the USA team. I don't know why. I, I just feel like if you was a past champion, I think you should just shut up because you're not playing out there now. And you know what? It's a new day. These young sisters, young women, they 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 get up and close with their fans. They take selfies with their fans. You know, they're not stoic. They are they are jamming, they partying, they having a good time. And I think that there's some people who don't like it. They feel like it's offensive. And I'm thinking, but the fans like it. Like, okay, in your day, you get to be stoic and walk off the field, barely smiling, you know, show no emotion. All right, that was your day. And maybe your day was the 80s and the 90s. But these young people, they've got their cameras, they're taking pictures, they're jumping up and down, they're high-fiving, they're doing all the stuff, they got dances, they got, you know, I mean, chill. Let these women have their moment. I'm just saying, you know, I'm just, I just think people are being a little harsh with them. You know, the, in 1999, the USA won the World Cup. So, so... So that's why people are feeling some kind of way. They just, we won in 1999. We won in 2003, 2003. Uh, like just, just chill. And then, and then France won it in 2019. So, uh, 
So yeah. So so they've been taking a little bit of criticism, you know. Say, you know, then they're saying they're not playing well. I mean, I, I don't I don't know anybody that could play optimally, optimally all the time forever and ever and ever and ever. Like, I don't know of any athlete that can just be great at every showing, at every stage, at every, you know, I mean, even Muhammad Ali lost a couple of fights. Come on, cut, cut them some slack and you're not out there. So I'm just, I'm just, you know, you could buy a replica of the, of the World Cup trophy. I, I don't know what I would do with that, but I, I think it would be a, a cute little thing to have in the house. You could buy uh, a football, you know, a ball, a soccer ball. You could buy a jersey of your team, you know, uh, the winning team or any team. You could buy uh, the Nigerian Women's World Cup 2023 country scarf. You could buy the South African Women's World Cup 2023 country scar scarf, you know. So you could buy all the scarves of the people. You could buy a cap. Uh, so it's kind of cool. I'm I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I hope you are too. So anyway, I'm just saying, we got World Cup fever. I got it. I don't know about you. I'm a, I'm gonna learn this game. I'm gonna follow along. And you know, you could go to Cannon because they run all the games at Cannon. Um, it's a it's a you know it's an English pub, a vegan vegetarian English pub. So you could go in Canon and sit with the people, although it'd be crowded as all get out. Get there early. Um, okay. So last night they had the uh, conversation about the armory. If y'all live in New Haven, the armory is uh, that big ass building that sits right there on golf. And uh, when I was a kid, it used to be, used to be the place where the Black Expo was held. You know, it's big. So the, the the community and some interested stakeholders have have some ideas of what they want to see happen to the abandoned building, and uh, so people have been coming together to meet about this. Uh, I've been keeping my eye on it, but I'm not going to meetings like that because I, I I I trust the will of the people. <laughs> I'm a I'm a trust the will of the people on this one. Whatever they do, I know it's going to be great. You know, it's going to probably be some kind of form of something or a hybrid of some sort. I mean, they got a lot of work on their hands. You know, they got a lot of work on their hands. And then there was this article by Tom Breen that was in there uh, yesterday about a challenger finds Yale quandary at Dixwell Doors. So Dixwell Alder hopeful Anthony uh, Giratano Jr. didn't get Hari Vinu to sign his petition to appear on the Democratic primary ballot this September. But the recent Yale graduate with papers in hand did get a crash course from the recent Yale PhD who answered the door and just how persistent the town gown divide remained. Well, by you not signing the petition, um, uh, Yale professor person, uh, means you're not participating in the democratic uh, uh, process. So when you sign somebody's petition because they want to be on a ballot, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a vote for them. It just means you believe in the democratic process that everybody can have opportunity to get on the ballot and fight and work for the vote. That that's what I want people to understand. That you sign, I'll sign anybody's petition. I'm not kidding you. Even if I hate you, I'll sign your petition because I want the people to decide. I want democracy to work. 
And the only way that democracy works is if people, if people, if people put themselves on ballots and, and let people decide. If you convince it enough to your neighbors and community and they vote for you, cool and the gang. But if you can't get the numbers, then that means they don't want you. So um, Gerontano is seeking to challenge incumbent Dixwell Alder Jeanette Morrison to represent Ward 22 on the Board of Alders. And he is currently uh, trying to collect 40 signatures from registered Democrats in Ward 22 to get his name on the September 12th Democratic primary ballot. So he needs to collect those signatures because the local Democratic Party endorsed Morrison for another term in local legislative office during its July 25th convention. That means she's guaranteed a spot on the primary ballot if there winds up being a primary award 22 race, which depends on whether or not this guy could get enough signatures by August 9th. I think he should be able to get enough signatures. And this is no, for me, this is no slight against Jeanette Morrison. Jeanette Morrison has been there older and, and has a solid constituency. So if this, listen, but democracy says this is what it requires if people want to run, if they don't get the the nod the from their from the committee, that they get to put their name on the ballot by asking X amount of people to sign so that it ensures that they get on the ballot. So and I get, you know, I guess this this uh Gerontana was a Yaley. I mean, but I, it's just ridiculous to think that Yale young people won't be involved in the political process in the city. The ones that are engaged and interested in enough, interested enough, you know, I don't, I don't have a problem with that. I don't, because this, listen, I'd love to see more collegially trained students come out from all the universities and colleges that we have uh, that that uh, flank this city, uh, Albertus, Magnus College. University of New Haven, Southern Connecticut State University, and Gateway Community College. I I would love to see all of them participate in in the in the process, the political process. It's it's time. So anyway, uh, so but anyway, I mean you know you keep at it. Don't don't be don't be daunted. You know. You know, so uh, listen, Dixwell Neighborhood Day Festival at Scannelberry Park is August 12th from 11 to 4. So, you know, go go and see what he got to say. He's knocking on doors. I mean, he's doing all the right things. That's what you do. You knock on doors and you go see people. And that's the political process, you know, so. But he's out there. He's walking the streets. He's talking to people. And and I'm, I'm going to say this again. Signing his petition is not a vote for him. That doesn't count as a vote for him. You can sign his petition and still vote for Morrison if you're so inclined. You're, you're signing his petition just as you believe in the democratic process. That's how I feel. You know, no no shade. No shade. No shade. That's a long damn article.
And, uh, you know, Bill Saunders is a fool. I'm just going to say it. And, and if anybody knows him, tell him I said so. Is he is he running? I guess he's like vote Republican. Why would I do that? Why would you tell me why would we vote Republican? Why? You need to get out there and rev up the Republican Party then if you feel like that. You spend a lot of time worrying about what Democrats do. What what are y'all doing? He do. He spent a lot of time talking about Democrats or Republican. I believe that people still use the word carpetbagger. I, I don't understand how anybody can still use the word carpetbagger in 2023. What does that even mean in 2023? People are, the whole world, we are all carpetbaggers on the, in the world. People move to and throw, through and fro, back and forth. At light speed. Who, why are we using the terms carpetbaggers? That's just another, that's just another tool of white supremacy, I think. That's just another way of trying to keep people, you know, uh, uh, pigeonholed into, into uh, that, that's, it's a dog whistle as far as I'm concerned. Because what it says is you don't belong and you have no right to have any say in anything because you're from somewhere else. We're all from somewhere else, except me, I'm from New Haven, but. <laughs> I, I cannot believe we're still using that word carpetbagger, you know, saying that people don't belong. And the people who use it are the very people who are not running for a damn thing. <laughs> they, they armchair quarterbacking, armchair quarterbacking. I was like, I feel like this. Get out there and walk these streets, knock on doors, and see if people vote for you. See, see how easy it is, since you've got so much, so much scrutiny and so much, you know, so much uh, 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 criticism. Get out there and knock on some doors. Oh, you know what? Find a candidate that you dig and go knock on doors and explain why you are supporting this particular candidate. Because I, otherwise, I just you're just talking. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, you know, I, I, I cannot stand when people say carpetbagger. I don't, I don't even know what that means anymore in 2023. Seriously, that's what you're going to, you're going to use that dog whistle to signal to, because that's a generational word, right? So you just signal to people, because uh, if you look at the, if you look at that word and who was using it back in the day, you know, carpetbaggers. You know, it's just, that's just some white supremacist term, you know, white people on white people, you know, that's white people being mean to white people. <laughs> just saying. So, uh, uh, anyway, good luck. I, I think, uh, I believe in the democratic process. I always have, I always will. And uh, and I and I will say this again. I will sign the petition to people I don't like because I believe in a democratic process. That's it. No qualms. No qualms. And if people want that person, then they get to vote for that person. And and everybody has to fight for their. No one should walk into any any seat. I I believe every race ought to have a race. 
ought to be a race. I think people ought to run and I think people ought to run hard. You know what I mean? Hard not mean like don't be disrespectful, mean and threatening, but hard in the sense that you have to knock on every damn door like eight times. Like you have to become part of people's community. You have to be a part of of hearing what they're saying and really, 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 really listening and not assuming, not assuming you know something based on what you see solely. You've got to listen to people, you know, and let them tell you what's on their hearts and minds and let them show you what's on their hearts and minds, you know, and that's what it is. So you've got to walk these mean streets and talk to the people. That's what it is. It's hard. I could tell you how hard it is because I've done it. And, and, and God had to go back several times to people and people weren't convinced that I, I would be there older. You know, they, was, they wasn't convinced. You know, and you have to overcome, you know, people saying stuff about you. You know, oh, you know, oh, she's a pawn or I don't even know, a, a pawn of what? <laughs> I just know I wanted to make a difference and I wanted, and I was, you know, I was in Beaver Hill and I wanted to make a difference in Beaver Hill. And, you know, I, honestly, Beaver Hill is not a heavy lift. Parts of Beaver Hill is a heavy lift, you know. Uh, parts of Beaver Hill has the same problems as as everybody else in the city, you know. Um, so I, I said it, and, and you have to, but you still have to engage them. You can't, I don't say that to be like, oh, whatever whatever they say or whatever is happening in beaver hill doesn't matter it matters to these people the tax-paying people they care about sidewalks and trees and streets all that stuff they care about crime they care about you know kids having stuff to do they care i heard it all <laughs> i heard it all you know people care about what happens in the city you know people care you know, and they and they want the elected, the people that they elect to do the work that they send them to do, you know. And it's not a glamorous job by any stretch of any imagination. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of reading. I mean, if you want to be a good alder, I had like a, I think I had like an 85% attendance rate because I used to do the attendance. So I had like, a, I think I had an 85, 83% attendance record. Um, and, and that was because I have four little kids at, at, uh, some, at one point they were all at different schools before I could corral them into one, one, one place. So that was four different PTAs, four different, uh, activities, four different, all kinds of stuff. So my attendance was like 85%, 83%, I think, you know, it might've been lower, but I think it was in the high eighties. I think it was a handful of us that were in the high 80s, 80s. I think. I could be wrong. I go back and look. It might be 77%, but I'm close somewhere around there. Because it takes a lot. It takes a lot. And it's not for the faint of heart. And I will tell you something else that used to peeve me about being an alder. These damn press conferences that happen at like 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock in the day. <laughs> now, you're an alder. Your alder is not your primary job. Your job is your job. So 
if you have a job, you you have to be you have to have a relationship so tight with your employer that you could get off and make these ridiculous press conferences at eleven o'clock, ten o'clock, one o'clock. Sometimes they were at three o'clock. So if you had kids, you couldn't be at the press conference because you got to go pick up your kids. So you know, so that that was one of my one of my favorite pet peeves about being an older was press conferences and and in the, and listen when i was older this was before cell phones and stuff like that you know now they could text you or whatever whatever somebody had to bring you a hard copy of the agenda for the board meeting for the board of alders meeting or they'd ma- they'd mail it to you sometimes you got it sometimes you didn't get it so technology i would hope it is helpful to doing that work now because it, it didn't exist when I was an older, you know, your cell phone was your cell phone to like, you know, you could call somebody, somebody could call you. There was no messaging or any of that kind of stuff. Or if it was a message, you couldn't, it wasn't like how you could do it now. You could FaceTime people. You could, you could be in the room would not be in the room. Seriously. You know, you could be in the room without being in the room. Uh, and it's amazing, the technology that we have. So it's a different day. It's a very, very different day than when I was an older and, and all the paperwork. And I'm still finding paperwork from days when I was an older. Not 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 like Donald Trump paperwork. <laughs> not, not classified stuff. I don't have that. So I don't want anybody coming. I don't want no subpoena coming and kicking in my door looking for some damn 1990 older manic paperwork. No, I'm just stuff like, you know, notices and stuff like that. That's upcoming meetings. And I, I still find, find, find stuff. I still find stuff periodically from, you know, from those days. I'm like, whoa, man. I still have my, um, my, uh, my ID. Um, I still have my board of alders ID. I still have my police commissioner badge and my police commission commissioner identification. I still have that. I still have um uh Al Lucas sent me my sign, my my aldermanic sign that used to, you know, the automatic sign that says my name and then 28. I have it somewhere. I don't know where it is, but I'm looking around like I could put my hands on it. But he sent it to me and it was, it was. He sent it to me at a very good time. He sent it to me when I um, when I had just gotten home from uh, uh, Danbury Federal Prison Camp. And it, with a little note said, I thought you would like to have this. And it was I thought that was a very nice gesture. And I'm sure he probably does it for everybody that sort of walks out of office, you know, and uh, 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 walk who walks out of office and or who leaves office or, you know, cause you guys have to do something with it. I don't know. I don't think they recycle those things. I think they give it to you. So, but I, I just thought that was a nice gesture that he sent it to me. He's like, I thought, I, 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 I thought you might like to have this. And, and it was very, it was a very nice gesture, you know, cause I, I enjoyed being an older and, and it was sad for me to resign from it, you know, but I had to resign, you know, cause, cause it was tough. And I, and I will tell you, listen, uh, the New Haven Independent was not kind to me during those days, like they came for my ass too. They had my head in the in the guillotine on the guillotine. <laughs> a 
listen, you would have thought I robbed banks for a living the way I was crucified. I can laugh at it now. I was suicidal then, but I can laugh at it now because it just seems so far away. And I think about it with a great, great memory and uh, uh, fondness. It used to depress me to think about it, but now not so much. So, so anyway, um, I don't know who is connecting. Okay, we not, we're not going out till 1015. So they have to just hold on. I tell you. Anyway, we're not on till 10.15. I love my peoples. They be ready. They be like, we're going to get this right. <laughs> They're going to get this right. That's all right. They'll be back. I'm glad y'all are ready and excited. They are ready and excited. So anyway, all I'm saying is a new day. It's a new day. It's a new life. And I'm feeling good. Yes, baby. I had a really good uh, conversation yesterday with um, Cesar Alleman. I just love him. I, I love uh, I love him. He's fun. You know, he's, he's doing some work with these foundations the three foundations, New Haven, Waterbury, and Fairfield or something. Uh, and he's tasked with doing some stuff. And I'm fascinated by what he's doing. So I'm trying, and I, I, I lend my support to the work that he's doing. But we 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 were, we hung out at um, Camacho Garage. I haven't hung out there in a good while. And we drank a couple of, several margaritas. Because I love tequila. I really, really love tequila. I could drink it, sip it. I could mix it, whatever. I love tequila. So, uh, so we were sitting there um, eating, uh, and they, and they, you know, at uh, Camacho Garage, they have somebody. They have tra- they have somebody trained to come. They train people to do their um, the, uh, the guacamole at table side. So they get fresh guacamole and they mix it right there in the bowl with the salt the whole thing peppers the whole thing you know it's a production you know it's like your own show at the table I was talking to this very young man who yesterday was his last day because he's on his way off to college in Vermont and uh and he's of uh what is he what did he say he was something in Italian and you could see it in him you could see the Latino features um, the dark skin mixed with that Italian so he's dreamy looking so we're talking and you know he's excited to go to Vermont and you know his grandparents raised him I forgot what his mother was is I forgot what he said I I don't think he said Puerto Rican I, I don't I don't think he said Puerto Rican he might have said Mexican I don't know but anyway uh so it was really nice to talk to him and he said, you know, before he started the job at Camacho, he was uh, very introverted. And when they sent him to uh, learn how to be the, uh, to do the avocado, uh, to do the guacamole at table side, he had to go to Geronimo's in Stanford or wherever the hell the other one is and train and learn under, you know, the folks who do it. He said, and that really got him out of his, 
it really got him to realize that he really liked talking to people. <laughs> and he was just chatting me up. And, you know, I'm a good person to chat you up with because I, I can small talk you and big talk you too, right? So there's not too much that I, I, I'm not in, I don't like to not engage in. So, so it was just nice talking to him. He was a lovely young man. So uh, Franco Camacho, uh, you have you have a uh, uh, Arturo, you have a you have a, a wonderful staff over there. Your staff has come a long way, and I like this I like this group of staff right here. So it was really nice. We had a good time. We had such a good time, such a good time, and uh, it was really nice to spend some time uh, with uh, Cesar and uh, hearing about his trip to to Mexico City and all of that. So, but the next hour, I get to talk to friends. <laughs> I I adore Susan Clinard. I adore Linda Mickens. And I absolutely, without a doubt, adore Shonda Holloway. And I've known Shonda from her essence days. Uh, which and, and, and sometimes you'll see her riding around town on her bike. I remember she was a very young, young, young young sister running around on her bike you know um, but she is a talented artist and she's smart 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 so um so i just love them and i'm so glad that they could fit me in today um the day before their big show tomorrow and uh because i know you're getting ready trying to run around you're like i've got time to talk to nobody so i'm so happy that they're spending the time to talk to me this morning and, uh, and I hope all their friends are listening in because I think it's going to be good. Plus I, plus, I want the tea on how they got together. Like, where were they? And and why wasn't I around the eavesdrop? <laughs> or or is what I like to say now, why wasn't I around the ear hustle? You know, because I, 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 I like these kind of collaborations. Let me tell you something. If I ever get my hands on some money, I will create a gallery space. Because I think we need more next havens in the community. You know, we need more spaces like that. We need more gallery space. Because art is what's going to save us. It has saved us. Will continue to save us. You know, back in the day when um, the colonizers would conquer and plunder other countries, you know, the first thing they went for was the art. Art and libraries. That's the thing that will save us. Those are the two most dangerous tools i think everybody wants to be like oh tiktok mm -mm. art 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 and libraries are dangerous necessary and uh and and the portals to liberation that's it they really are arts arts and library art art installations art exhibits art serving organizations those are the poor if, if they're run well and thought about well and 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 you have the right people running them you know, art galleries and art spaces and art serving organizations can really be portals to liberation and freedom. You know, really, they can be. And, 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 and libraries too, you know. Yeah, you could Google stuff and artificial intelligence all day, but to physically walk into a library, that is an act of freedom and liberation that does not exist anywhere else in the world. When you walk into a library, that's an act of freedom right there in liberation. So I'm going to come back and talk to Linda and Susan. Shonda's not joining us because she got work. So so I'll be back at uh, 10.15. Tune in then because I'm going to be with my girlfriends. <laughs> I'll be back.
Hi, this is Babs Rawls Ivy from New Haven, Connecticut, and you're listening to WNHHLP 103.5 FM, streaming live at newhavenindependent.org. While COVID may not stop a baby's heart, isn't a child with a rising fever, cough, and chills enough to make your heart skip a beat? Children are 19% of reported COVID cases with higher rates in Hispanic and Black children. Vaccinated six months to five-year-olds are 80% less likely to get COVID, which means 80% healthier New Haven one-year-olds and 100% happier New Haven parents. To learn more, visit nhvvax.org. And it ain't right I've been singing what's on my mind Trying to explain what can't be defined And for so long It's been so strong Suddenly it's clear Now that I can hear These love notes the ones that I wrote Oh, these melodies Here are some memories And these love notes I found in an old coat Mean something new All because of you Someone to lean on, can you hear me? Come near me I've been dreaming my angel will come But I never expected that you'd be the one Now I've found you I wanna stay around you Suddenly it's clear Now that I can hear that I wrote Oh, these melodies Here are some memories These love notes I found in an old coat Means something new All because of you Our memories, oh, these love notes 
I found in an old coat They mean something new All because of you
I'm thinking about when we gon' touch. When we I'm thinking about when we gon' touch. When we touch. I'm thinking about when we gon' touch. When we touch. I'm thinking about when we gon' touch. When we I still ride for you Only girl that I want is you I ain't looking but I still found you Showing you something others are gonna can't do oh, Got me feeling no way When they say you the same me in the head So don't go away I ain't gonna let you go away I'ma kill you right here to myself I ain't trying to show no one else We can keep it on the low But you can still let them out the second door Tell me why you pray with it I'm just trying to tell you I ain't playing with it The mother niggas lying with it I'ma show you that I ain't the same with it I don't wanna let you fall away I don't wanna go nowhere It's how my mother niggas fall away Cause you found a better one I don't wanna let you fall away I don't wanna let you fall away I'm thinking about when we gon' touch I'm thinking about when we gon' touch. I'm thinking about when we gon' touch. I'm thinking about when we gon' touch. She said she got a new deck. The way she got me feeling got me dropping on my boot decks. I'm just trying to do that. Get you over here, I'ma show you us a few decks. She said she wanna roll, we can go. Anywhere that you wanna go She said she wanna be next to me Ain't no other place you'd rather be Got me feeling up on the way with you Wanna feel you up on the way with you Feeling like a drive on the way with you Wanna where you are up on the way with you And I ain't gonna lie The way you got me feeling I'ma take my time And I ain't gonna lie Girl, you got me feeling your vibe oh, oh. I don't wanna let you fall away I don't wanna go nowhere Of Love Babs Love Talk. I'm Babs Rose Ivy. And as I told you in the last hour, I got the artistic heavy hitters in the house this morning. Good morning, Linda, Susan, Shonda. Let me tell you a little bit about these dynamic women while they unmute themselves and get ready for this good conversation. Everybody unmute themselves. <laughs> so Hello. listen, every every year, every year, every year, City Gallery opens its doors to guest artists as part of its summer invitation. And this summer is no different. They've got some heavy hitters coming in today. And tomorrow the exhibit launches from uh, October 5th, from August 5th to uh, August 20th. Uh, and they'll they'll be uh, their work will be on display, and it is uh, uh, called Spaces Within, 
And uh, it's Susan Clinard, who y'all all know is a contemporary American sculptor. And she does life scale, figurative sculptures, combined found objects, carved wood elements, and fired ceramic heads and hands. And I'm happy to have been gifted a piece of her sculpture. So I love her, adore her. <laughs> hella talented. Shonda Holloway, I've known her since she was little. And uh, <laughs> and she is talented. I remember seeing her ride her bike all over town. Um, she is uh, uh, an amazing rider. She did some work for Essence. Of course, the Inner City News. Um, and she is her in her own right uh, uh, an, uh, a st strong and talented uh, artist. And, and I've seen her curate some stuff around town, which has been uh, incredible. And then Linda Walters Meekins, who is uh, not only my friend and inspiration, but the uh, mother of my sorority sister who I adore, Karima Meekins, um, who is a town clerk in Hamden. But Linda is uh, a sculptor and a collage artist. And I got to got to spend some time with her when she had her piece at the Creative Arts Workshop this past fall. Uh, and I have and I have a bunch of the angels in the house. Uh, let me I, I've been showing this all week. I've been I've been showing these. Aww. And every time Aww. I told her, every time I put my pennies <laughs> together when I when she's somewhere, I buy one. But she has gifted, I've been gifted a couple of them already. So anyway, uh they are here this morning to talk about their exhibit, which is uh which is happening uh tomorrow. Tomorrow's the kickoff. Mm -hmm. All right, so tell me the story, <laughs> give me the tea. How did y'all get together and create this this invitation for us to come and see your work? Well, I had an invite um, um, to City Gallery and um, with Miss Kathy Kane. She is one of the collective um, owners of uh, City Gallery's artist owned gallery. Um, so I was supposed to do a show in August, but having difficulty, she was finding artists. And I thought, wait a minute, I know artists. Susan <laughs> <laughs> and Shonda. And um, so, um, that's how it started with the three of us getting together, which is awesome. So did you did you have a, co a, a theme in mind or did you just say come with all your best stuff? We did not have a theme initially, um, but then collectively it came together. If that makes I, any sense to you. I, I, I mean, I like it. I mean, I, I, I like the idea of it. So is this the first time? Well, I know it's not the first time that y'all have been in the same spaces exhibiting, but is this the first time that you've been intentionally collaborative for an exhibition? First time. Yes. <laughs> it's our first time, yes. Because I, I saw the work, um, Susan, you and Shonda had over at the, uh, at the at the gallery, the Contemporary Gallery up on uh, Trumbull Street. What is the name of that? The uh, Ely Center. The Ely, or Ely Center. Ely, yeah. Yeah. yeah, the Ely Center. Uh, and I saw your work there and it was gorgeous. Okay, Susan, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> you can't Sorry, my, someone, someone's uh, bombing my, someone's calling in my thing. Sorry about that. Um, no, you know, you know what was beautiful? As soon as we started, we already knew there was a simpatico or beautiful connection in how we feel about others, um, care about community and ourselves and 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 caring for others and the materials we work with it it was actually one of those moments when when artwork started to unwrap in the in the gallery you started to feel the warmth of the wood that was present 
did all these different materials that were very clear in all three of our work. Um, the other thing I noticed right away is that the the works were all about others and, and our shared humanity and really beautiful, you know, it wasn't this like self-portrait number two, self-portrait number 45. <laughs> You know, it was, it was like, it was this beautiful, like, wow, uh, the three of us, we care about people. We, yes. we care about our oh, I, we care I see about it. People. I see it. I see it in each and every one of your pieces of work. So Shonda, how, what, so talk about how you jumped into this then. And so tell me this, when y'all get invited to do an exhibition, uh, do you create new work or do you inventory the work that you have and say, oh, this might fit well into that? Or do you just go into making some new work? Well, in my case, for this exhibition, I did a combination of uh, incorporating older pieces and newer work. And um, as far as uh, getting involved with this exhibition, it was a no-brainer. I mean, you got Susan and Linda. Um, I've, I've, as you mentioned, I've experienced working with both of them before. Um, this is the first time we've exhibited together. But uh, Linda was uh, one of the featured artists in the Seven Lenses show at SCSU uh, in February. And, yes, uh, yes, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, that was yeah, such yeah. a great show and so, a good yeah, use of that space. Yeah. So working with them is just amazing and. Uh, you know, it working with people that you respect and admire. So, I mean, the minute I was invited, it was like I do whatever I had to do to be a part of it. So, yeah. Oh, I love it! 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 So, so when you when you do an an, an exhibit, when you come to 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 be invited to to, to show some work, um, what what is the thinking process? How do you how do you think about what you're going to do? I, I want to hear how y'all do the work that you do? What's the inspiration? Where do you take inspiration from? And, and do you have inspiration block? You know, are there moments where you're like, you stare at a piece of material and you're like, I have no idea. <laughs> Definitely. Yes, I think that's true for um, most artists. And um, there are times when there are blocks and there are times when you working on a piece and you can't figure out which way it's going or you try to push it one way and it pushed back. So you have to, um, um, it's what I call art spirit. So it's like you have to listen to it, connect to it, and then you'll have this perfect flow. But, you know, I've had pieces where I've done and I tried to bend it this way and it's like something happens and I try again. And, you know, after a while you listen and you hear. <laughs> and <laughs> and I, um, for me, I think, um, the ladies were asking me, so what's the theme? What's the theme? And I thought, well, I really don't know about a theme, but this is what I'm working on. And then um, I think you, we said, okay, probably the other ladies figured out like, hey, well, let me figure out what I wanted to bring. And then it's sort of all connected um, to um, this theme of humanity. So mm. That's what that was for me. Oh, I like that. The theme of humanity. Because, you know, in the last hour I was talking about, you know, I, I, have, I have such an affinity for art spaces, galleries, art serving organizations, and libraries. Because I think, for me, mm -hmm. they are really the portals to liberation and freedom. 
And I know I'm no freer people than artists. Like I just don't know any freer people than artists. And and so uh, we are living in a time that is challenging us all in our humanity. And 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 talk to me, each of you, about uh, how that shows up in your work. Like how the moments of right now show up in your work, or if it shows up in your work. Shonda, <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> Um, that, that's a good question. And, and, uh, in some cases it shows up in my work in, the, uh, in a way where some of the pieces that are not in the show, um, some small masks that I've done recently, I've used recycled materials. And so right now, you know, with the climate change and environmentalism, uh, I try to, uh, mention that without talking about it. And so, and what I mean by that, letting the work, like, you know, kind of suggest that we get it together. Um, you know, there's so many isms and asms in the world, but the the least the, the asm that we care the least about, it seems collectively is environmentalism. And um that's very important to me. And uh, I try to put that in there. Um yeah, that that's pretty much it. Um I like that. as far as the humanity aspect of it, um, you know, one of the reasons, one of the things that strike me about Linda's work and uh, Susan's work is that acute sense of humanity and the sensitivity. And, um, you know, in real life, uh, in real life, you know, if you're sensitive, <laughs> that's not always smiled upon. But when yeah. you go into a gallery and you see it, <sighs> so it, it really, I find both of their work so compelling for that reason. And, um, you know, I really connect to that because I I believe that some of that exists in my work as well. So oh, I love it. I love it. Susan? Um, I, the image that one of our, our three images of all three of us are like beautifully, um, I don't know what, layered in the, in the poster of the show, um, the invitation of the show. And, and maybe I just want to speak about the the image of my piece that's in there, um, a series that I've been wor working on for maybe about three years now, pre pre just before pre COVID, and uh, it's called um, the weight we carry. And um, I have like a little mini paragraph because it's super super important work in my mind because it connects us all um, and. And uh, I'll just read it real, real quick. There are these, there, some are life-size, some are small tabletop sculptures, but there are these figures that are where their limbs are elongated and at the bottom of both either the hands and feet or, or just the feet are these just weighted masses of, of form. And um, I'll, I'll read the description just real quick. It says, we are a patchwork of our family stories and experiences and histories. These sculptures are a part of the Weight We Carry series where I shed light on the hidden weight that we drag, pull, lift, and carry with us. It's based on the study of epigenetics and intergenerational trauma, which reveals how trauma can be passed down through generations and the way your genes work. And when I was first introduced to that concept, I thought I was gonna, my mind was gonna blow open because it was something I was like, I already know this exists, but oh wait, there's a science that studies this, like for real. Like we and you know, uh descendants from 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 slaves, 
from the Holocaust, you name it, or just, you know, having fit, you know, your mom who might've battled through like hardcore alcoholism, like all that, all those things are, are pushing down or going through generation, generation in our genes. And I thought, shit, what would, what would a sculptor, <laughs> like, sorry, like, what would that look like to carry that? And um, I just find it a way that um, without using words, like Shonda said so beautifully, art has that ability to not preach and scream at you. It tell it, you know, it's quiet. You take your time, you observe it, you take away from it something. I hope you, you take it home with you, you digest it a little bit. And maybe that image keeps popping up in your head and, and like literature and music, like that goes a long way. The, the, the value of art and how it seeps into us, uh, whether we're ready to fight it right away or just because no one's yelling at you. It is so powerful. And, and that's how I feel when I look at Shauna's work and Linda's work. And it's a real honor to be with both of these wonderful women. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And Linda, you want to speak to any of this? Um, yes, just a little bit. Um, I know that we all use recycled materials and found objects, which I thought is so awesome. And you'll see that when you look at the show at the gallery. Um, so we do have this um, innate um, care for our environment. So I just wanted to say that. Um, my art, I think it deals with like all of those issues, those things that pull at my heartstrings that um, and in this day of cancel culture, I want to make sure that I do not cancel culture. So <laughs> sometimes some of my objects or some of my pieces may be um, in your face that way. Um, but uh, I think also, you know, making this art, you know, you want to um, push for some change, some um, hopefully that you can make um, this life a little bit better that people can see things maybe they didn't understand or know. So um, yeah, all of that, <laughs> mm, mm. all that plus, you know, what everyone else said as well. So how much time had y'all had together uh, when you got this invitation? Like when did they invite you to this? And then, and then what happens after that? Like once you get the invitation, how, how far in advance do you have to like get it together? I can't remember, Susan, what was it? Like a couple weeks or? It, it wasn't long. But yeah. that's that's the beauty that's the beauty of having a serendipitous and deep respect, like Shonda was saying, of your fellow fellow artists. Just like, oh, oh, I know you, I know you work. You know, this, you know, this is a bit of a hustle, but but in the end, not really, because the work is solid and we respect yes. one another so dearly. So um it's a it's a it was a little bit of a quick turnaround, but um, and a lot of people, you know summer exhibitions can be a little tricky because the summer holidays and everything, but, um, you know, I mean, hanging at Linda, right. It, it yes. just kind of fell together beautifully. Yes, right. It did. Yes. It oh, I love be. that. I love that. All mm -hmm. right. So talk to me a little bit about, uh, um, when, when y'all, when this is over, do you move on to the next thing or do you go to the gallery and you see yourself and you're like, you know what, I need to work on that a little bit more or, there's a there's a there's a an adjoining piece that should happen with this or like when you see your work 
out of your hands, so to speak. What mm -hmm. what is what is that like, and what do you think? Um, for for me, I could say for me is that I am never satisfied with my work, <laughs> not ah. ever. <laughs> so I'm always thinking, oh, that could be a little bit better. Oh, you should have done that, or and then as well, um, oh. I could add this or show this in a different light or a different way than I'm showing it today. So you may add a piece, take away a piece, create a new piece for it. So it's always evolving. And so the only way it's I, final myself, is if somebody buys it and takes it out of your hands. Is that what I'm it. hearing? That's it. <laughs> So, the, so that you can't mess with it anymore. Like, well, I don't mess with it. Once I'm done, I'm done, but I am not happy with it. You know, oh, I'm okay. never like saying, oh, that's a great piece and I love it. That oh, never okay. happens for me. And I'm not sure if the <laughs> other ladies will do So Susan, is that, an, is that an artist thing? Like, is that an artist? Is that a unique to artists? Like, I'm never quite happy with what I've done. You know what I mean? Like, you could always uh, you know, feel I hear like... that. I hear that from a lot of fellow fellow artists. Um, if I look, if I go back 27, 25 years and see some of my early work, I kind of cringe. I get, I get the, you know, like, I can't believe I put that out in the world. Yes. But, but I was like, you know what? This is life. Like, like any other vocation where there's evolution and change yes. and we grow and we learn what works and what does not work. Like, why can't we evolve like any other vocation? Yeah. Like th that's, that's, that's how it is. And so I'm less critical with myself in that regard. Um, there, there's probably like four or five pieces that I put in this exhibition that are, that's not for sale. And the reason why it's not for sale is one, one of the pieces, the, the ribbon carrier, I hope that has ripped like over 600 ribbons of wishes, which Babs, I know you added your voice to. Um, or I hope to travel around New Haven where more people can add their longings, their desires. But the other ones are pieces that are I took from various sculptures and put reassembled them to tell a new story. So I can't necessarily sell it, not because I don't like it, but because, you know, someday I might want to exhibit the original one where I took that hand from that piece and I add it to this. I like I like. Um, you know, it's like a puzzle piece and you want to, you know, with every exhibition, you also want to show fresh new things. You, I don't, you know, you don't want to keep showing the same work where people are like, Oh, it's that lady again. Eh, I've seen her stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and Shonda, you, do you, do you, do you yeah. ever feel like a piece is finished? Well, you know what? Um, that's a multi-layered answer. Um, and so like as a printmaker, you know, you can go back into a print a number of times, right? And so that's the beautiful thing about printmaking is that, you know, there's so many layers and there's so much depth to it. Um, but in terms of painting and other types of medium uh, that I do, uh, I have learned to be less eager to just hurry up and put something out in the world. In the beginning, I was so green and like Susan said, I look back and I just cringe <laughs> at some of the things that I put out. Oh, God. I'm just like, I can't believe I did that. But as you grow, you become more critical of your work so that you want it to be its best. And, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm grateful for maturing in that way. Uh, but I'm also able to say now that if there is a piece 
that that I've created. And I think, you know what, this piece is boss. And I can now own that. And it's come it's, I've come a long way to be able to do that. And I'm I'm grateful for that. And um also creatively, I'm not opposed to uh say I've had a piece that I've had for five years, just changing one thing about it on this day. I'm okay with that. So long yeah. as the is it as long as it's the right element, I'm cool with it. So I'm yeah. grateful for it. If you know, art not only teaches you about you know uh, professionalism and things like that, and you know uh, how to display things, but it teaches you about yourself, how you mature. Like be willing to edit. You know, edit yourself. You know, you know, little less this, little more of that. So I like it. Yeah. All right, so so the exhibit opens tomorrow, and you'll have an artist talk at five thirty. Y'all will share some thoughts about how this work came to be. What do you What do you hope people will think about this work? What do you does and and as an artist, uh, do you do you ever sort of think about what people see and how they will receive this this work? I mean, do you think about that? Um, I think I, I, okay. 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 Somebody got to talk. <laughs> Go ahead, Linda. Okay. So, um, I am hoping. I mean, every time I do a piece that I open to the public, I'm hoping that it hits them in the heart because that's where I want my um, the direction of my work is for you to feel. What uh, whatever it is that I'm um, projecting, I'm hoping that you feel that too. And most of the time that happens. So um, yeah, so for me, that's what, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or heart, humanity, that's it. I or want it people- could be another, It could be other emotions too. So it's not just that, you know, it could be, yeah, have pieces that evoke other- emotions as well. But um, the most important is our humanity to each other. I mean, in these times, there is less humanity. So I would hope that it would teach us or to bring some light on humanity, how we treat each other, how we see each other. That's. that's I like it. (laughs) I like it. Okay. Shonda? Yeah, I, as people come in and see the work, I would like people to um, learn to, to trust uh, what they walk away with. Um, I could show, we could all show work to thousands of people, but they're all going to have their own perspective. And many times they ask artists, well, what were you thinking? Or this looks like this or that. And um, I recently showed a piece to uh, someone and what he got from it was like, wow, it's like that wasn't on my mind at all, but it was a beautiful concept and it was so wonderful to see how other people think. So I just want people to to walk away with, you know, trusting their uh, perspective, their imagination and, um, you know, just, you know, just appreciate the work. Yeah. And their own thought processes. Susan? I mean, I echo both wonderful women. Um, One thing I've noticed, having taught for so many years uh, and then exhibiting a lot too, is that 
sometimes I'll get people come up and they'll say, well, I, I like it. I, I can't tell you why, or they think they have to have some PhD in art history or something. I'm like, I didn't even go to art school. Shut up. Like if, <laughs> if you feel something like, like Linda said, if you are impacted in some way and you interpret it even differently than I intended uh, based on what Shonda said, fine. That's what art is for. So if you, if, if, if the viewer walks through and they're impacted, hopefully for the, for in a stronger way, the way that we look at one another differently, the way we look at an issue, maybe with more compassion uh, and sensitivities uh, and not just our own little bubble world, but of, of a greater, of a greater view of our shared mm -hmm. humanity, then man, what a great and beautiful gift um, to walk home with. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's an incredible, it's an incredible thing to be an artist. Not easy, right, ladies? But no. <laughs> oh, well, I, I mean, we, we've got some time to uh, to talk a little bit about the business of art. But I, but but uh, who who inspires you the most? Do y'all go to other art installations? Do you find yourself um, looking at other people's art, looking at other artists? I mean, I mean, how much how much of art consumes your life, Linda? Linda. Okay. <laughs> I would say for me, maybe, I don't know, 50% right now of my life. Um, but, um, and I am inspired by other artists. Um, once in a while I can get out and look at some art. Um, but, um, most of my art comes from a place that, uh, maybe something happens, uh, in our, in our life. And, you know, it is, it, I feel a certain way about it. I want to put it in some other form. Mm. So right now that's my um, inspiration. I'd say 45% of the time. So um, I do um, love that uh, I can, that I'm able to, um, you know, sometime I pull from artists, you know, the past, you know, so yeah, all of that. Yeah. Susan. Um, I don't go out to see as much art as I probably should for, for many reasons. One, I'm doing too much and I want to take care of my own energy and spirit. So I don't crumble down to the ground. Some days it feels I'm so exhausted, but the other reason is, um, I'm careful of like trying to so in other people's ideas um, and how they work. I'm, I want to try to access the most honest mm. and we all are influenced by so much. I mean, to say you're not influenced by other artists or even nature or anything is, is a bunch of crap. But, you know, if, if, if I'm constantly going to art shows and looking at what's the new thing that everyone's showing and I'm like, well, maybe I should work more that way. Uh-uh. No way, no way, no way. So, so you go into your special creative space, whether it be your studio, your, just your mind, your heart, and you work from an honest place, which I can tell you right now, all three of us are genuinely those kind of artists. Um, and uh, so, so music and nature, my family, my dear friends, they all inspire me. Just watching people push through this crazy life, that inspires me too. Mm-hmm. Sean, do you want to add something to that? 
Yeah. <laughs> also what she said and also what Linda said. <laughs> but I also want to add, I thrive on inspiration. If I'm not inspired, I'm not happy. And if I'm not happy, it's not a good thing. And so, <laughs> you know, I'm constantly listening to music. Um, yes. so I go to galleries and, and you know, and, and like Susan said, you know, I'm just careful to make, you know, separating what theirs is theirs is what mine is mine in terms of like creating from an honest place, you know? Um, you do want there to be a serious authenticity in your work. Um, but in my heart and mind, art takes up about 70%, the other 30% is survival. <laughs> but uh, I would love it to be 100%. I love it. All right, so let's shift a little bit. Art is a business. I mean, y'all are not just, I mean, you want people to buy some of your work because mm -hmm. buying your work funds further art. How do you navigate these waters? Like, how do you, I mean, you think about how you price things. You have to buy materials. You have to move stuff. You have to, you know, uh, uh, probably hire people to do some other stuff for it or whatever. How do you, how do you manage the business of art making and art showing? Susan. Yes. <laughs> it, it's a it's an ongoing it's an ongoing battle and the older I get then I was like oh shoot I got to consider this now and but the hustle is is very very real and I one of these days I would love someone to do a documentary about following an artist because it sounds melodramatic but it's actually really intelligent idea to follow an artist through the everyday um, not just going in and making the work and putting it up in a show, which in and of itself is, is taxing and a lot of work. You got to hire people, like you said, Babs, sometimes for heavy stuff. Um, the promotional, you have to learn how to write about you, like just all this stuff. But mm -hmm. it is a grind. It is a grind. Right. It is a grind. It is a grind, like going to work, punching in and punching out. So when you price your work, I mean, that's also tricky because you have to try to compare who's working in a similar vein to you right now, how long they've been working, what are they selling their work for? If you've sold work in the past, like a piece for 500 bucks, you better not go lower than that because the collector that has your piece for 500 bucks doesn't want to know that your, your, your piece is devaluing. If anything, it's stable and it might hopefully go up. So there's so many weird things to, they're not weird, but there's a lot of things to consider. And then forget about it. Once you, once a gallery scoops in um, and wants to take 80%, because right now in New York City, like if you're represented by a gallery in the city, they can take up to 80%. That's just a whole nother crap show, which actually kind of mm -hmm. makes me nauseous. And it makes me think of, and I probably just deleted myself from ever being represented by a gallery in that regard, <laughs> because I just opened my big fat mouth. But it is, I mean, there's a consumerism there that um, takes away so much from what I feel like goes in the integrity and the heart that goes into the work that kind of grosses me out. And now I'll shut up. <laughs> well, we got, we got, we got a few, we got like a minute, we got like a minute left. And uh, thank you for that, Susan, because I, I think about that often because um, I see so many, there's something real about struggling artists. That's a real term. It's a real mm -hmm. experience for people. Um, and I, I, I think about that, uh, um, and it, particularly in a place like New Haven that is really growing its artist community. So, um, but let me, let me just remind people that the, the, the art 
uh, exhibition is tomorrow. It's uh, August August 4th. No, it start, does it start today? It today. opens today, but the opening, opening. reception is tomorrow. Yes. Okay, so, so Steph is in the gallery today, but the reception is tomorrow, opening reception. So if you want to meet these three fabulous artists, uh, Shonda Holloway, Susan Clinard, and uh, Linda Meekins, um, you would show up tomorrow at 5. Um, they're going to be talking at 5.30. Um, the reception goes on till 7. And the installation, the exhibition will be up until August 20th. Right, August yes. 20th. So you got yes. some time. And and City Gallery is just off of a uh, 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 a State Street. So it's it's in it's in within New Haven. It's 994 State Street. It's a little little gallery next to a, a wine shop and some other stuff. And so it's right there. Um, you could make a date of it. You could go eat and drink in, in the neighborhood and and then make your way over to a State Street to City Gallery. I I so appreciate y'all coming on this morning. Uh, I appreciate you uh, uh, coming on. There it is, uh, the invitation. So I'd like you to come. I would like you all to come back on so we can talk more about the business of uh, art making and, uh, you know, uh, and the community of artists that you all find yourselves in. I'd like to have a larger conversation about that. Um, so thank you for your time today, ladies. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you Thank you. It. Thank you, ladies. We appreciate you very much. Well, y'all know I'm your yes. biggest fan, so I will be there tomorrow. Yay! I can't wait to see this work. So thank you all so much. Thank you. And thanks, Fab. Thank right. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. Have a good weekend. Thank you, Harry Droves, for uh, all the support. And uh, I will be back Monday. I don't know who's going to be on, but tune in. It'll be fun. Awesome. 3.5 WNHH. I'm Babs Rose Ivy. This is Love Babs Love Talk. I'll see you out here in these streets. <laughs> <laughs>